Listener Production. On today's episode of Footy Talk with Nat Unides and Joey Montagna, we go through all the Round 11 games at season on the line for the Swans and Carlton at the SCG. A heap of milestones, including 300 matches for Steel side bottom, 200 for Toby Green, and an exciting young cat will make his debut. That's all coming up on Footy Talk. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. I'm Nat Yanides, joined by Joey Montagna today and his little helper, Alfie, as well. Joey, welcome to you. Hello, Nat. Yes, I've got Alfie in the back. I couldn't get him out of the shot. I've tried for about five minutes, but uh, now looking forward to it. It's going to be another big weekend of footy. I can't wait. Uh, it kicks off tonight. Tonight's the fascinating one. The Blues are under all sorts of pressure, but the Swans... Uh, are going worse, so it's going to be a huge game. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting game, I think. How do you see it playing out? Because Carlton have been under a lot of pressure, but I feel like most sides that we've talked about being under pressure this season have really stood up when it matters. Is that how you see it playing out tonight? Because obviously Sydney have so many injuries. Yeah, there's always a mental element to footy, Nat, and it's it's the ability to, to just find something and you know, when your back's against the wall, you galvanise, you bounce back. And, and I literally expect that from Carlton tonight. I think that there's no excuses for them to win winning this game tonight. I think the smaller SCG will suit them. Uh, they're a contested ball clearance team and Sydney are really struggling in that area. So I expect Carlton to dominate that part of the game. And who's going to defend Harry Mackay and Charlie Kerno? I don't think the Sydney Swans have anyone that can match the two big boys. Uh, I'd be really disappointed if Carlton uh, lose this game and I'll probably jump on the bandwagon of a few of those supporters that are uh, up in arms because I'll be frustrated if they lost this game. Sydney are just really struggling. I know they got the four points against North Melbourne, but we know the circumstance in which they got them. All facets of their game at the moment are just off defensively. Their clearance and contest a ball game is way off and they're struggling to score. So this is a golden opportunity for Carlton tonight, big stage, Friday night, to get their season rolling. And we've seen other teams do it in that. A month ago, we were talking about Fremantle. They couldn't score. Now they've kicked 100 points three weeks in a row. The Western Bulldogs couldn't have been going any worse after two rounds. Now they're the one of the form teams in the competition and we've seen it with some other sides. So big opportunity for the Blues tonight. A couple of interesting selections from the Blues. There was a lot of talk this week about Tom DeConing following Mark Pittenett's re-signing for four years. Firstly, what did you make of, of that contract to Pittenett? And do you read into that with the whole uh, situation with Tom DeConing potentially leaving the Blues at the end of the season? Yeah, I do a little bit. First of all, the four years, it doesn't necessarily, with salary cap situation, necessarily have to play the four years. Maybe they just smoothed his money out because we believe they are you know, tight with salary cap. You smooth that money out over the four years, and if he doesn't even get to the fourth year, it might only be a small amount that they have to pay him anyway. But it does maybe say that they think he is their number one ruckman going forward. Um, Tom DeConing has, I believe, said that he's put talks on hold to the end of the year, which is always a concern. I don't think it's going to help that he's been playing in the reserves. As a player, Nat, you really just want to be loved. You want to be known that you're wanted. Um, so if other clubs are courting Tom DeConey and you know telling him what their role will be and whether it's a number one ruck or starting key forward, surely as a, as a player that's you know going to fuel you more so as a, a club that you know we're not sure if you're in and out of their best team where you fit. So look, uh, it leans towards him leaving. I've got no insight to that. No, I don't know whether he will. Um, 
but it's great that you get to opportunity tonight and maybe, you know, playing some solid footy from here on in might be able to, you know, get him to want to stay. And he might be their number one ruckman, but he's got a golden opportunity tonight against, the, as we said, an underman Sydney Swan side, although they get Tom Hickey back into the lineup, which will help the Swans tonight. Yeah, and Chad Warner's playing his 50th game as well, which I thought he'd been around longer than that as the Chad, but 50 games for him. So uh, a big uh, a big celebration for them regardless of the result. Uh, Hawks and Saints as well this week. A lot of interest in this one given what has gone down at Hawthorne. Justin Reeves standing down as CEO. A lot of, of commentary around that being, you know, related to the AFL investigation into, into the racism scandal at Hawthorne. But yesterday, Andy Gow as the president uh, really piqued my interest when he said that he hopes to see Alistair Clarkson back at the 10-year reunion of the 2013 Premiership for the Hawks. Joey, is there any chance that Clark is getting back to Hawthorne this year? Yeah, he's allowed to be hopeful, uh, <laughs> and I would have thought that's going to be the case. Unfortunately, it's a sad situation, but it looks highly unlikely that Clarko would attend an official Hawthorne function anytime soon. So that's been an, 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 one of the other sort of fallouts from this whole uh, racism saga and, um, you know, it's disappointing for everybody. But the one thing I do know with the, the Reeves situation and we wish him well and, and hope that he's going okay, it, it shouldn't affect the playing group. It's sometimes a bit of a, a misconception that people think these, I suppose, distractions affect the playing group. Not really. I mean, it's not really affecting how the, the Hawthorne group are going to go about their training and their preparation to play. So hopefully they've got a bit of confidence off their huge win last week and can take that form into the game against the Saints. Yeah, sometimes we make a bit more about administrators leaving in the uh, world of AFL. I actually had a friend up in Queensland ask me, did you honestly do a cross on a CEO of a footy club leaving this week? I'm like, yes, this is Melbourne. You don't understand. This is how we roll. Um, The Saints, though, Max King was excellent last week in his first game back. Potentially, uh, of course, Mitch Owens isn't going to be there, though. How do you see this one playing out, obviously, the Saints are in a lot better form. Although that said, Hawthorne did win by 100 points last week, but how do you see playing out? The, the Saints, they had that little sort of um, um, sort of hump for a month when they were just struggling and a bit patchy with their form, but they had the two big games before their bye, and it was the Giants last week and the Hawks this week that you almost just had to tick, tick off as wins if they wanted to play finals, and they'd gone over the first hurdle against the Giants, and they just have to get the win against Hawthorne uh, to be a you know, legitimate um, option to play finals um, for the back half of the season. So got to get the win. They've got a good record against the Hawks. I think they've touched them up the last four times they've played them, good um, winning margins. So they should be confident in Kilda. There's no reason with the form they're playing they shouldn't win. But you never know, these, this young plucky Hawthorne side, they might just have their tails up. Now, a former teammate of yours, a former Saint in Andrew McWalter, is going to be coaching Richmond this weekend following the departure of, of Damien Hardwick, which really blindsided, uh, I think, everybody involved in the AFL world. Do, do you have a favourite memory of playing with, with McWalter? Well, I mean, he's, he's one of the best teammates that we had. He was one of those guys, unheralded, that did all the team things. He was really smart as a small forward, would block, would tackle pressure, play his role perfectly. So that was him. On the field, I think Ross Lyon, I think Rui touched on it last week on Footy Talk, said once Ross Lyon once called him the best nine-possession player in the competition because he just did everything that was asked. But he's come a long way, Minnie, the boy from Tarolgan coming out of under-18s. He he genuinely uh, that used to wear moccasins to the footy club. Like, not Ud boots, not like the old-school moccasins oh. that had the fluffy bits around the side. Um, he always wore the tracky <laughs> pants. So he never really dressed to impress Minnie, but he's certainly come a long way from when he was a young teenager stepping into the footy club. And I think he'd be a great, a great candidate. And I think he's a, he's a, a potential, you know, full-time senior coach in waiting. He was part of the Carlton process when they chose Michael Voss. Ross Lyon, I think, mentioned that they had a big crack at trying to get him across 
as an assistant coach and there's big raps on him. He's got great connections with his players. He's a smart footy brain. He's got the good balance of being able to be direct but also have fun. So I wish him well and uh, I hope that he does a good job for the Tigers back into the year. So you reckon that this next period for him is absolutely an audition for this for this top job? Yeah, it is. Oh, I think it has to be. I mean, we've seen in the past some, some other coaches uh, have been able to have the interim role and then get the full-time gig. Uh, but we've also seen um, other coaches that have had one crack at it as interim coaches and then not uh, become a senior coach. I think Jade Rawlings is one that springs to mind, even maybe John Barker. So, um, yeah, he's got 12 weeks to, to, you know, I suppose it's the best audition you can have, isn't it, um, in, in the job. So we'll see how the Tigers go. That game is going to be really interesting, I think, because Ken Hinckley could also potentially be a candidate to, to coach Richmond. So Richmond going against Port Adelaide, despite how well Port are going, we know that there's a lot of controversy around exactly what Port Adelaide are going to do with that coaching role. Is that how you see it as well? I think it's a bit overblown, to be honest. I think that Port Adelaide have said right from the start, whether they're winning or losing, they were going to wait till August, till the back end of the year to make a decision. I'm not sure why they would change. I know that the media is trying to drum up this, oh, Richmond might poach him and all those sorts of things. But Ken and the relationship that he has with Koshy in that footy club, it's pretty mature. I mean, hypothetically, if Richmond did go to Ken's management and offer him a four-year deal, why wouldn't Ken just say to Port Adelaide, like a player would? I've been offered a, a role at Richmond. Where does it look at Port Adelaide? And he can make a choice. I mean, it's very similar to players. I mean, players out of contract, and we're talking about Tom DeConing earlier, Nat, are the same thing. They've got options if, if other clubs want them. It's no different for a coach. Oh, I think that they just let it play out. I can't see Ken Higley leaving Port Adelaide. It's a relationship that's going beautifully at the moment. So I think they just keep, keep rolling as they planned. It's working for them and no need to think about anything else at this stage. I think it's going to be one of the matches of the round because Richmond are going to be so motivated by what's happened with, with Damien Hardwick. And as we know, Port Adelaide have been in really good form. So I'm really looking forward to that game. Another game which is going to be interesting, probably for other reasons, is Melbourne taking on Frio. Luke Jackson taking on his old side. I know Stephen May spoke during the week saying that Jacko might not even realise, you know, <laughs> exactly what's going on. But I really, really am looking forward to this one. The idea of Max Gorn, Brody Grundy, Sean Darcy and Luke Jackson going head-to-head is just really exciting, particularly given uh, the form that Freo have been over the last month or so. Yeah, you're spot on. And I think this might determine who is the best ruck combination in the competition. Is it still the old dogs, Grundy and Gorn, or have the, uh, the young bucks gone past them in Darcy and Jackson? So that'll be the sort of little byplay of, of this game. But in other words, Melbourne also need to uh, find a win. They're just a bit patchy at the moment. Fremantle, as we said, have found their best footy over the last three weeks. Remember, they did beat them, Fremantle, at the MCG last year when Melbourne were undefeated. It was at the start of Melbourne's, I suppose, decline when they were 10 and zip. So um, Fremantle have no issues coming to the MCG to beat Melbourne. And I think they'll come chock full of confidence, Fremantle. They're playing great footy. They're winning contested ball and clearance. No Clayton Oliver, no Lockie Hunter for Melbourne. Uh, this is going to be a terrific game. What about the fact that Clayton Oliver isn't going to be there? How much is that going to affect Melbourne's midfield and potential race for the Brownlow as well? Yeah, look, it'll affect the Brownlow, no doubt. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to have a massive impact on their midfield. I think you can cover up for one midfielder, particularly with Petrarca can spend more time in there. Cosie Pickett's played some more time as a midfielder. Uh, they still got Jack Viney, Angus Brayshaw 
can play in there, playing against his brother, Andy Brayshaw. Uh, they brought back in Tom Sparrow and James Harms, who were both very good midfielders in their own right, James Jordan as well. So I think they'll be able to cover for Clayton Oliver. Makes it a little bit trickier against the Fremantle midfield firing, but that shouldn't be the factor in this game. All right, I think this is a good time for us to take a break. You're listening to Footy Talk. Coming up after the break, we'll have all the rest of the games for the round. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Spotify, hit the bell and check out yesterday's episode where Stephen May joined Daisy and told the story about just how bad that hammy injury was during the 21 granny and how he managed to play with that. I am joined by Joey Montagna. Joey, Cats and the Giants this weekend. We're going to have a debutante, a young Irishman by the name of Oshin Mullen, who is a Category B rookie and... We saw his uh, debut phone call that all the clubs make uh, when they've got a player coming in, and that was lovely. Uh, really looking forward to seeing him play. I'm glad you had a crack at his name, Nat. I wasn't game <laughs> enough. Yeah, I, I heard Zach Tui describe him as the Nick Dacos of Gaelic football. That's how highly touted he was over there. So great to see him. He's only had a handful of VFL games, so I'm not sure what to expect from him, but looking forward to uh, seeing, him, seeing him in action. And it just goes to show a little bit too about the depth of just the, how many injuries the Cats do have. We've spoken a lot about a lot of other teams, but Geelong are just hanging in there with injuries at the moment. So great to see the Irishman get a crack. Toby Green, 200 games, would probably be, I mean, he's already a huge name in the game, but if he was in Melbourne, he would be an absolute, you know, out-and-out movie star. Joey, do you have a memory of playing your 200th game? Uh, yeah, my 200th game, I think you can ask about a memory of Toby Green. I remember him as a uh, <laughs> 19 year old playing for the Giants, and he got quite lippy to me in a game, and I had to sort of bite back and say, hey, just get back in your box, young fella. You're only playing your 30th game. But he came in with a, a real confidence about him and he's, he's backed it up now. He's a wonderful player. I actually love Toby Green and watching him play. So congratulations to him. Yeah, my 200th was uh, playing the Adelaide Crows over in Adelaide. So um, we're lucky enough to have a whole bunch of um, schoolmates and family fly over for the game. Um, all my schoolmates were in a muck in the afternoon and one of them actually was late for the game. He was uh, still at the pub. So he missed the start of it. But uh, the boys had a great night and were able to, have a few beers and uh, we had a win, so we're able to go back to the hotel foyer and, and have a good night. So it is one of the uh, one of the fond memories I have. Pies and North Melbourne, that's going to be on Sunday. Still side bottom plays his 300th game, so an amazing milestone for him. Mason Cox also going to be playing a milestone, his 100th. And Jaden Stevenson, a former Pie, going to be playing his 100th game. So we've got uh, a couple of milestones there. And North Melbourne, any chance, Joey? Oh, look, they were terrific against the Sydney Swans. They, they, I mean, I know they lost the game, but they lost no admirers with how they played. It's going to be hard to beat the Red Hot Magpies. Um, I don't think they will, but hopefully they're competitive again. I uh, love seeing the kids in the midfield, Wardlaw and Sheasel, so they'll get a crack at it again with Will Phillips, and they get to go up against one of the best midfields in the comp. So great chance for the Kangas, but Pies will be too strong. Essendon and West Coast, the Bombers, are fantastic last weekend against Richmond. West Coast in all sorts at the moment. Just how much pressure is Adam Simpson under? I know that sounds like a really silly question, but West Coast are backing him in at every turn and he just has so much power at that club. It just seems it seems unfathomable to think that they're going to get rid of him, but at the same time, if he was in Melbourne, this would be a completely different story. Well, I mean, I'm not sure how much more um, spotlight could be on him that if he was in Melbourne compared to the, the attention he's copying in the media over there. But I'm, I'm okay with the, 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 um, the club backing him in. I think they've... They're making the right decision that what's the point of getting a, a new coach in 
that's going to try and spend the next two years going through this you know, period where they're going to probably get, let's be honest, worse before they get better. I mean, once these older players all leave the footy club, they're going to be left with, with all these kids and, and you know, trying to get more younger talent. So if, if Adam Simpson's up for the challenge, which he says he is, then, then I'm okay with him leading them through this really tough period. Um, I understand it would be a very stressful situation, but he's just doing what he can with the group he's got at the moment. I mean, he's had none of his senior players play. He's got kids that probably aren't up to it that are in the team at the moment. So he's just trying his best. And, uh, you know, hopefully at home, they, well, they definitely should put up a much better showing than they did in Tasmania, but I don't think they can beat the Bombers. The Crows and Brisbane, another good game that we'd be looking forward to this weekend. Taylor Walker and Tom Duday both come back into the side. Joey Danaher, currently, is he a top three player, Joey? Can you confirm this? Oh, top three players, a bit of a stretch. I think he's probably in the All-Australian team at the moment. His form over the last six weeks has been as good as any key forward in the competition, maybe behind Charlie Curnow. So uh, he's playing great footy. I think this will... Be the game, it's the match of the round for mine, and it'll be the game where Brisbane announced themselves as equal premiership favourites with Collingwood. I think they are flying. They're playing some of the best footy in the comp at the moment, and they'll go over to Adelaide, which is hard to do, and beat the Crows and stand themselves as a legitimate flag winner this year. Now it is Friday. We like to have our Friday forecast. We need some bold predictions from you ahead of the weekend. What have you got for us? Yeah, some of them are not not as bold as others, but the first one will be Richmond will get the bounce that they're after. I think the fresh voice of Andrew McWalter will see the Tigers get a win against the, uh, the Port Adelaide side that have won seven on the trot. I think it'll just be a freshen up for them. They'll go out and just play some good footy, Richmond, and they're not far off it. For Tigers. So I think at the MCG on a Sunday afternoon, they'll get the win and start to have a bit of a springboard back end of the season under the new coach. So that's one. The other one that's a bit more bold, Nat, is I think for Toby Green's 200th, the GWS Giants can push the Cats down at Cadinia Park. I'm not game enough to say they'll win, but I think this will be a close contest. I can see the Giants pushing them all the way. So that's the other bold prediction for mine. And probably the last one, as I said, is maybe the, the Brisbane Lions off the back of Joe Danaher kicking another bag of five. Uh, Brisbane Lions will be stamping themselves as the team to beat in the competition this year, along with Collingwood, uh, after a dominant win on Sunday Twilight footy. I don't know if it's a bold prediction, but I think that West Coast are going to get within four goals of Essendon. They're not going to win, but I think that they'll get, get within it. Uh, thank you for joining us today on Footy Talk, Joey, and we will see you tomorrow. Listener.